One of the downsides to large language models, and I suppose we even have to almost say gargantuan language models, like <laughs> like, yeah. like like uh, requires data centers of equipment to to go ahead and run. Now it's a great, wonderful thing, but it doesn't it doesn't really fit on your phone. But there is a big quest to get models smaller, smaller, faster, faster, lower energy, more precise, more specialized, has an interesting side effect. Because these models are much simpler and the data distributions are, are more narrow that they're working with, both in the training data and the artifacts that they produce, it does make AI generation much easier to detect. So I guess we've talked through some of the ways to find it, some of the watermarking, some of the advantages of knowing if it's generated from AI and whatever else. But uh, what there must be limitations in the uh, in the approaches that we have to detect things. Are there what are the challenges that we're facing as we're entering this brave new world of trying to determine how do you know what you know? Certainly, the accuracy of detection techniques varies greatly. We mentioned one, like. Uh, the size of the model you're detecting, the the uh, variability in the artifacts being generated. Um, right now, it, it kind of depends, right? And so um, as these models get more and more sophisticated, uh, there is a problem with both false positives. Yes, this is AI generated, but lo and behold, it was human generated, and false negatives, right? No, this isn't generated by AI. By AI. Oh, yeah, it was. But you can imagine that as these tools get better and better and better, nefarious actors are going to try to come up with models that are more and more difficult to detect or ways of circumventing uh, digital watermarking. Um, I, I mentioned that, you know, uh, post-generation modifications, even if you did have a digital uh, watermark in it, those can, those can very easily be circumvented. Uh, one other thing right now uh, is multimodality. So if I'm trying to, uh, let's say, watermark a piece of text that goes along with a set of data that goes along with a video explaining it, getting the veracity of generation across all different modes of that particular artifact, that gets quite difficult. And even with text um, and speech uh, spanning languages, uh, there's an awful lot done on the internet in English you can imagine there's an awful lot that's done in other languages too. So how does that translate? Right now, these are these are kind of difficult problems. Well, Mark, we talked about a lot today. We've talked about where it all came from, how do we find it, who's involved, um, what sort of regulations can we anticipate, and then what sort of happens when you want something that's custom for yourself. It's been a pretty interesting journey through um, through this production of new content, and it's not all text. It's also images and voice, like you said, which is uh, even more fascinating and possibly scary. And by the way, um, you know, it's not all bad when we use AI for these things. I just saw an article that James Earl Jones, the voice of Darth Vader, mm -hmm. wants to retire from that character and has licensed out his voice for subsequent use in other Star Wars things so that they can maintain consistency, but he doesn't have to do it for whatever reason why you would not want to do that i don't know but uh maybe it's it looks like job in history come on i i uh if i sounded like him i would be doing that until uh until the cows came home but oh. uh, that's not my call i don't know but yeah. so there are a lot of good things that uh, that come from it as well it's not all bad actors it's just uh, that we tend to focus on the negatives because after all we tend to see a lot of the worst things because we have such a focus yeah. on our customers and their concerns around data integrity and security and everything else. So yeah. thanks a lot for shedding a light on all this stuff for us I here today. It's good stuff. stuff.